Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Want to see your loan options, adjust payments and closing costs online in real time? Rocket can. Talking about Major League Baseball and whether there is a scandal um, throughout MLB right now. SI, Sports Illustrated. Alex Pruitt, Stephanie Abstein, great story, the, the new steroids, uh, about the sticky substances that pitchers are using and how it is running rampant throughout baseball and, and affecting hitting because the spin rates on baseballs are up so high. When you combine that with the velocity the pitchers are throwing at, a lot of major leaguers are saying it's just basically impossible to hit, and that's the real problem. And Major League Baseball has looked the other way when it comes to this because – everybody's kind of doing it so you can't punish everybody and you, you know it is what it is jason reader tweets in i think baseball is hiding the sticky situation because they can't handle another scandal from the strike to steroids they already have lost a lot of fans nerd life tweets in part of baseball no scandal something tells me you've never played a sport well first of all i don't know you know yes people have doctored baseballs forever cheating is part of baseball Right? Clearly. At this point in time, cheating is part of baseball. Baseball players are cheaters. Not all of them, but more so than other sports. They're just like cheating is, you know, whether it's corking bats. There's something about baseball culture that has allowed itself uh, to perpetuate cheating. Whether it's cork bats or sticky balls or steroids. But... You know, the data in this story suggests, again, that this sort of cheating is just as impactful, if not even more so, than steroids. And, and I know most fans, you know, there are people who longingly look back on the steroid era because all the home runs and the excitement of those chases. But most fans, I don't, I don't think, approve of that or did, at least in that particular sport in baseball. Nobody cares in, like, football because of the kind of sport it is. And, and I say steroids. That's like a very, uh, you know, buzzword. That's not what most people are using nowadays. They're using much more, um, rather than like anabolic steroids, much better synthesized stuff. HGH and and all that, and what has been developed over the years. I don't know what me uh, talking about baseball players putting sticky stuff on a ball has to do with this guy tweeting in that I've never played a sport. I, I, I don't see the correlation. You've obviously never played a sport because you don't like putting maple syrup on your hands. <laughs> you 
I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't have to tell you my sporting resume. No, I've never played a sport at an extremely high level. Does high school count? If high school counts, I played basketball, soccer, and ran track. And I was, in fact, voted the uh, most athletic in my high school. It's in the yearbook. You can look it up. Patuxent High School, year 2000. I didn't deserve it, but it's there. I didn't deserve it. You know, you know, plenty of greater athletes. I think it's because I played so many sports. At the same time. But uh, there you go. Nerdology. 855-212-4227. You would think nerds in, in baseball go to be- get her better than any other sport, right? That's where the, the whole nerd revolution started. But, uh, you know, it's you have – I've talked to – I just talked to Anthony about it. And, and I was talking to, um, you know, a friend of mine who's a play-by-play announcer and, and does baseball. And I, I've just heard from more baseball fans recently that the product is tough for them. And that's different than like – that's different than in the past where it's been like sports talk radio guy or, or somebody who's not a baseball fan saying baseball is boring. Right? I'm starting to hear it from baseball fans like who grew up with the sport who that's their near and dear, maybe even their favorite, right? Like that the, the, the sport closest to their heart. So that is what set off the alarm bells in my head. All right, I'm not, I'm not just hearing this from anybody. I'm hearing this from people I know love and, and cherish that sport. So I have to take that with more uh, gravitas, with more significance than otherwise. And then on top of that, you know, I read this article and you, you see that something is going on. In Major League Baseball. Maybe fans don't care. Maybe it's not as sexy a topic as steroids or, or what have you. They just don't care. Or they just assume everybody's been doing this forever and therefore it's nothing new. But when you combine, again, the, the lack of hitting throughout the sport and put it together with the, the fact that everybody is using apparently these sticky substances it probably does deserve to be a scandal. It probably does. What do you think? Does baseball have a crisis on its hands right now? Literally and figuratively. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Robin Lindberg on Twitter. I mean, it's why you know some of these players stand out more than others when you, you see what they do, like Tatis. You know, there's a, a level of excitement there, even though you know it, 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 he hits a home run and stare at it, and and then uh, <laughs> you know the way he goes around the bases and all that. But the, I've said for a while the thing that I I think baseball is, is needs more of is just action. Balls are not being put in play. There's no running. There's no you know none of that stuff. No bang bang stuff. People are just I mean outfielders just standing out there. Because you either have the home run or you have the strikeout. You know, it's a um, it's an interesting time. And I, I wonder what baseball will do about it. Because, again, it's tough, to, it's tough for them to, to punish to a certain extent because it, it, it's so rampant. It's not like it's, you know, oh, I, you can say this guy's doing it and other people aren't doing it. it it's why the managers are, are hesitant to call 
it on their own, you know, for the the opposition because their own guys are doing it too. So I just thought that was interesting. Thought it was interesting because it it added more context to what we're seeing throughout Major League Baseball, which is is that um, guys aren't hitting, bats aren't being put on a ball, balls aren't being put in play, and then I I guess as a result maybe eyes aren't being put on TVs or whatever you know platform one uses to to watch and consume their baseball. You know, uh, Patrick Mahomes once played baseball, right? Wasn't he known as a, a, a baseball player? Before, it's one of the reasons he credits um, his delivery of the the football. I uh, saw some comments from him this week that were interesting as well. Basically, regarding Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if you saw. He told Bleacher Report, I believe it was, that he it would be awesome if... Uh, Aaron Rodgers went to the AFC West if if Aaron Rodgers wound up on the the Denver Broncos and and I thought it was um it, it you know it was an interesting sort of thought experiment to confirm or deny whether he should actually be excited about that prospect like you love that attitude from Mahomes right like you love the idea that he believes in himself so much and that he's the ultimate competitor, and he wants to beat the best. So if you're a fan, I think you hear him say, oh, yeah, I love Aaron Rodgers in the AFC West, and, and you go, right on. That's my quarterback, right? But should he actually want Aaron Rodgers in the AFC West? Probably not, <laughs> right? Like, rationally, logically, should he? Probably not, because look at Tom Brady, for instance, and, and I don't mean this as a negative. I, uh, please, so if you're a Brady defender or whatever, not like Brady needs a defender. He's the greatest of all time. Everybody knows it. But what helped Brady for a long period of time in New England? Not not in Tampa. I mean, that's part of what made what, what Brady just did so special is he went to a different team and, and did it, even with all that talent around him. But for the longest time in New England, I, I used to call the AFC East Patriots and Friends. And he had nobody to go up against in that division. I mean, it wasn't. It isn't until Buffalo just emerged in the last two years that there was another team there, and another quarterback even in that division. For the the vast majority of Tom Brady's career, he was playing against scrub teams and scrub quarterbacks, and that certainly helped him get to the level that he's gotten to because it made it easier for his team to get into the playoffs. And of course, you don't win the Super Bowl unless you're making the playoffs. And not only did it make it easier to get in the playoffs, it made it easier to win the division and secure buys and home field and all that sort of stuff that goes into winning a championship. So when Patrick Mahomes says it would be awesome uh, for Aaron Rodgers to be in his division, again, I like the mentality of it. I like the, the spirit. You go get him, Patrick. Way to go, buddy. But as far as, like, would it actually be awesome? Uh, you're, you're probably better off going against Jake Locker. <laughs> and and uh, you know, with the, the emergence of Herbert, there's now one other real quarterback in that division. But for the most part, you look at that division and you, you say, all right, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things is not like the other. The Chiefs are on just 
such a higher level than every other team in that division. It is almost reminiscent, not not quite to that extreme, but of what Brady had in, in New England in the AFC East. Patrick Mahomes, though, wants the challenge. We'll see if, you know, what happens with Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be the saga of the entire offseason, of course. How about Steve in Virginia? Steve, you're up next here with Robin Lundberg on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how's it going, man? How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, just, yeah, just kind of calling in about the uh, kind of the problem with the baseball. Me, uh, me personally, uh, with this, you know, with this sticky, uh, sticky situation <laughs> kind of that we got, got going on. Um, Personally, I think it is a problem, and, uh, you know, there's been some other people calling in that they're like the old, you know, the old guard of baseball where players can't show emotion or when they hit a home run and flip a bat that they get upset about. But if, if those people aren't upset about pitchers doctoring baseballs, and then, then those guys shouldn't be upset about Barry Bonds or Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire or – any of those guys that have kind of been uh, shunned from uh, baseball. Because to me, it's the same thing. These guys are going above what the rules of baseball are, and they're, uh, and they're making it tougher. And sure, certain, you know, certain batters could learn just how to hit, you know, like a base hit, right? And, and that's fine. But I, uh, I definitely think it's a problem. And like I said, if, if guys don't have a problem with it, then they shouldn't be upset that Barry Bonds – cranked all those home runs out i mean it's fair uh, look uh, what, what are and thanks for the call pitchers are being um pitchers are being asked to miss bats that's like the number one goal for, for pitching nowadays miss bats miss bats miss bats so it's harder for hitters to make contact it's harder for hitters to make contact and it's always funny to me what degree of cheating fans are are cool with versus what they're not cool with right you know steroids for the most part, you know, I, I think the casual fan doesn't really get upset about steroids, but the baseball fan obviously was was very upset about steroids and performance enhancing drugs. It, it it sullied the records, it sullied those hollowed records, but they don't care about this, you know these these doctored balls, even if it's just as significant as steroids, because the numbers would say it it very well may be. So why would one be okay and the other not? Or, you know, the Astros cheating scandal. That was the worst thing in the world. But Spygate, for the Patriots to this day, nobody really cares about. You know, it, it, is, does it come down to the effectiveness of the cheating? Because I, I don't think you could say it comes down to the effectiveness of the cheating, um, given, like I just said, that the, the cheating of doctoring these baseballs has proven to be highly effective. So why is it that some form of cheating is just like accepted? Oh, everybody cheats versus other forms are shunned. And why does baseball cheat so much? What makes baseball players such cheaters or baseball as a sport? Like why? Somebody help me out with that. Why is a, as a whole is baseball so full of cheating? Eight five five two one two four two two seven. You like tell your. It's funny they say like you gotta teach your kids how to act. That's why you don't stare at a home run. Here, here's how he should act. He should cheat on his homework. <laughs> don't stare at your home runs, but make sure you cheat on your homework. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. 
4227. You continue to weigh in on that if you want to. Uh, what should be uh, in my mind, I'm, I'm with the, the, the story, a, a big scandal in Major League Baseball. Meanwhile, shifting back to the, the NBA as well, you know, LeBron James is eliminated. The Lakers are eliminated. That's a big market. That's uh, a big name, the biggest name in the sport. Steph Curry, also not in the postseason anymore. And I think this is the you know the first time since I have to look look up the the number exactly. The NBA Finals will not have, you know. So each of the last thirty NBA Finals series have featured either Michael Jordan, Akeem Olajuwon, Shaq, Duncan, Kobe, Steph, or LeBron. This will be the first Finals since nineteen ninety. Not to feature one of those players. The first NBA Finals without LeBron, Curry, Kobe, Duncan, or Shaq since 1998. And the first Finals without LeBron or Curry since, I believe, 2010. The first Finals without LeBron, Curry, or Kobe since 2006. I mean, you can whatever version of that number you want to to use or that stat you want to use, is that a bad thing for the NBA? Is it going to hurt the NBA that the likes of LeBron and Steph will not be in the NBA Finals? I'll tell you what I think about that coming up. Also want to hear from you. 855-212-4227. It is the Robin Lundberg Show, and it's here with you on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. And you can be like Josh in Arlington, Texas. Josh, you're up here on The Robin Lundberg Show on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, good morning, Robin. Thanks for having me. Um, going back to your question about why are baseball players notorious for cheating. And one thing that came to mind is, have you ever, like, where else are you going to find a 315-pound unathletic adult on a in, a in a league playing a competitive sport like football you got six to seven foot tall linemen that are three four hundred pounds and at least three quarters or at least half of its muscle in baseball uh i'm trying to think uh uh panda sandoval you know uh, or, or uh, there's a lot of pitchers out there and i think and i i don't know i had no idea what it's like to be an mlb player but I wanted to say, just from the looks of it, MLB players in general put the least amount of work in the offseason and then come to regular season and think they can get away with things. And that's just my two cents. Well, I don't want to say that uh, because I don't know how hard individual guys train, and I'm sure a lot of guys work their tails off. uh, And thanks for the call. In the offseason, all the time, whatever. Um, You know, and they're finely tuned athletes in baseball as well. I used to joke that baseball was the line of demarcation for me on whether – you know, something was a sport because if it was more athletic than baseball, it was definitely a sport. And if it was less athletic than baseball, it wasn't a sport. You know, it was a, a bit I used to do. But the the point of that was because in baseball, you've got guys who are clearly great athletes, right? You could just see. And then you've got guys who are really more baseball players than they are athletes. You know, the pitchers who are, are overweight or, or – hitters who are overweight and, and you wouldn't think would be able to do other activities. Uh, but I don't want to say that baseball players don't put the work in. I, I don't think that's necessarily fair. I, I think it, it's, it's a specialized sport. It, it's different. Um, 
as far as maybe that's why the cheating is so rampant in that sport because you can get the advantage. It's different than other sports where you're out there guarding the, the person in real time, real live action. Uh, you know, in baseball, it's about that isolated event, that at bat. You have a lot uh, more options to cheat. Yeah, there's more, a lot more opportunity. There, there's more equipment, right? Or there's more. Uh, yeah, you're using more things in the sport, like the bat, the ball, like all all that stuff. Versus, you know, everybody's playing with one basketball on the court. Uh, I, I guess you could deflate footballs. We've seen that. Sam in Dallas. Sam, you're up next here on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Sam? Hey, how's it going? Um, just want to call in a former uh, minor league baseball player, pitcher, um, just shed a little light of how what we used to do to uh, doctor it up a little bit. But um, we would use sunscreen and the rosin bag, and it would create this sticky substance that you couldn't see. Um, and the reality is why do baseball players do it is because it works, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and so, but I think there's this code as there are with many baseball things and unwritten rules, right? Like when people go too far with the guy on the Yankees that had pine tar all over his hand, um, that was just, it was just too far. And everybody saw that even within the game, go, all right, that's too far. Like stop calling attention to it. Uh, and same thing with hitters, hitters will rub pine tar up higher on their bat to increase backspin and everything. But then you see, you know, like the George Brett. Uh, fiasco uh, and everything when they go too far it's too far Uh, but the reality is they do it because it works it's kind of like taxes to me right like not everybody's 100 percent honest on their taxes but if you go too far somebody's coming at you so what do you make of the the you know notion that like everybody's now doing it in baseball and it's hurting the sport because the, the the pitches are just getting with the when you combine the velocity with the spin rate they're just getting too hard to hit it is, it, is getting, it is getting too hard to hit, and I think everything in life is a pendulum, right, where we saw hitters just absolutely taking advantage of pitchers, and then now the analytics and, and cheating for that, exa- for, for that matter has swung back towards in favor of the pitchers. Uh, so there has to be an adjustment. Uh, but, you know, I think we're on the far swing of the, uh, of the pendulum here, you know, to where back in the 90s when we saw hitters, you know, juiced up and hitting – 500 home runs i loved it i thought that was great but it wasn't great for it it was great for the sport in a way but then it it got too much uh and and that's what i think we're seeing now we've we've gone too far yeah and and and, uh the the numbers have gone too far on the offensive side in the wrong direction how about dr grant in dallas dr grant you're up next here on cbs sports radio Yes. Hey, good morning. Hey, I love your program. Hey, two thoughts for you. Hey, have you ever been to the Louisville Slugger Museum in Louisville, Kentucky? I have not. There's a, they have an actual batting cage set up there. And what the average person doesn't realize is when that ball comes in at 90 miles an hour, how fast that is, you can actually stand behind the batting cage and the machine throws a ball at you just like you're standing there at the plate and when you blink your eyes from the time that that uh, the machine clicks to throw the ball and it hits the backstop you can't even blink your eyes that's how fast that ball's coming in here oh, and yeah, av- I, would, I would be terrified yeah the average person doesn't have a clue what 90 miles an hour is they don't Hey, the other thing that um, that I wanted to say to you that's a thought is, 
you know, one of the things they're not teaching young ball players anymore, like they did when I was in high school, is how to bunt. Bunting is is an art form that's dying in baseball. I think you just don't see it that much anymore. And you know what that teaches you is the hand eye coordination, seeing the ball hit the bat. We used to do that 25 times at every practice, and they just don't teach that anymore. And if you watch the Major League Baseball players now when they swing, they're not looking at the ball anymore. They're just swinging. So next time you watch a ball game, watch their eyes when they swing. That's my thought for the day, and I appreciate your call. Well, look, uh, with with some of these swings, there is uh, validity to the idea that they're trying to maximize their one chance to hit the ball because the the uh, contact is so few and far between now. As far as bunting, sure, the, bunting could be made more a part of the game. Um, I don't think that's fixing the issues here, though. You know, you, no, people aren't going to be bunting themselves to 300 averages. Uh, bunting is a, a strategic. Well, again, and and, and, I, and I said this before. Again, this stems from the top of the organizations. They don't. They, they want the home run. They don't care about you know moving the run over so they can you know get that one runner in. Like they want more than the one run. I mean, you know, they want the two run home run. Then, like, it just it, it doesn't matter to them. Like, no, you know, that's why you know you know it's, they don't care about that one run. There's a lot of factors that go into it, but the the product itself not great at the moment as a result, and and. The, the offense has plummeted. Is it a crisis? You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. Ken Hamilton, 1955, tweets in, the Astros were one team, but likely not the only one, sign stealing. This new scandal is league-wide. MLB is in huge trouble. Personally, I haven't watched or listened to a game after the 2019 season. Been talking about whether it's trouble for Major League Baseball how poorly players are hitting, which has been uh, in, in large part perhaps as a result of the doctoring of baseballs um, and substances that pitchers are using to increase their spin rate. What a what a nerd term, right? Spin rate. 855-212-4227. Uh, is it trouble for Major League Baseball? And is it trouble for the NBA that LeBron James, Steph Curry won't be in the finals for the first time since 2010? Going to get to that in a minute, but let me get to you. Jay in St. Louis. Jay. You're up next here on CBS Sports Radio. What's going on? Good morning. Hey, Robin, man. Uh, every Saturday listener, second-time caller. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, real for, quick, for listening. I just want to talk, talk to hey, – you, you, you're excellent. I enjoy you. I, I don't like working Saturdays. When I get to listen to you, it makes it better. But uh, I got a problem with us hypocritical uh, sports fans. And my man uh, earlier spoke on it. Uh, we are such the biggest hypocrites. Uh, LeBron James gets asked a question – about something non-basketball, and because I disagree with how he feels, and in my opinion, it comes down to his social media uh, or his uh, 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 the, the, our, our climate in America. His comments about that is what it comes down to, in my opinion, that we don't agree with. And then we want him to either say, well, I, I like not to comment because I'm not a politician. Hmm. But we can sit around the water cooler all day long and give our opinion about it, but we don't have a microphone in a TV camera in our face. So I got a problem with us having feeling like an uh, athlete should only talk about the X's and the O's when we uh, talk about any and everything we want to talk about. That's number one. Number two, us big hypocrites that want to say athletes are supposed to be loyal to their companies. When not 1% of us 
are on the, in the same job with the same company that we're with when we got out of college. We've all found reasons to get it for whatever reason, better pay, benefits, whatever it is. Relocate. None of us are on the same job. If Dane, I understand as a fan, if you purchase $8 billion of Dane Lillard memorabilia and jerseys, I get that. But who's to say because the organization doesn't have a plan where they're trying to win a championship that you're supposed to just stay there and drudge it out and hope for the best when none of us in our lives have ever done that with any company. When I was in school, I worked at two different gas stations because the one down the street offered me some more money. Yeah, well, and, I and mean, look, we all. You no, know, no, I, I hear you, man. Uh, as far as Dame goes, I, I, I've said I made the point. It, it, Dame is within his rights to ask for a trade at this point, and I don't think anybody should blame him. It doesn't sound like he's going to. It sounds like he, he is, you know, the, the rare breed and who, who has decided he wants to stick it out in one place. And, you know, Jason Kidd is his choice for, for new head coach, but I don't think anybody should blame him. Um, and, and, you know, everybody's entitled to their own individual life decisions. You know, you might not like it from a sporting standpoint. I know a lot of people didn't like that Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, myself included, when it happened. 73-win team. Um, but he, he's well within his rights to do so. Same thing for LeBron putting together the Heat. Same thing for what's going on in Brooklyn right now. I mean, the, the Nets, uh, you know, don't get enough credit as an organization for setting themselves up to be in that position. If you remember, Brooklyn was, after that trade for, for Kevin Garnett and, and Paul Pierce, out of resources. They had nothing. But they established a culture. They built a culture. They built a foundation, which is what attracted Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the first place. Then once those guys came, the, the Harden chip fell. As far as what you were saying about LeBron, yeah, I brought that up earlier. I, I think it's not even just disagreeing with what LeBron may say. Look, LeBron has said a lot publicly over the years. Has he made a couple of missteps? I think he's made a couple of missteps. But for the most part, I think he's conducted himself uh, very well, right? With, with a couple of things that I go, oh, maybe you shouldn't have said that one or I'd take that one back, that kind of thing. But even if you disagree more often than not, that's that's a whole different story than uh, I, I keep using the term boogeyman. But he's been he's been created. He, he's a boogeyman now. Uh, you know, beyond this is beyond the sports fan aspect of it. I think the sports fan aspect of it it comes down to people who, when he went to Miami, decided I'm going to root against LeBron James, and that's part of my sports fandom, and they've been doing that the whole time. Or people who are Jordan defenders and don't like the Jordan is threatened by LeBron, so therefore try to discredit everything LeBron does. But outside of that, outside of the sports media, with the other media at large, you know, um, especially on one end of the spectrum, they there tends to be these boogeymen. There's a couple, you know, a handful of people they talk about all the time. They're they're up to this no good. They're doing this. They're doing that. And LeBron is one of them. And, and that I think causes people to almost not treat him as a person, but as this celebrity who represents everything that's against me. You know, um, and, and and you see a lot of vitriol come his way. As a result, I mean, for full context, he's also, you know, an outspoken black man in a, in a high prominent position, you know, a level of power and authority that he has may be um, intimidating to some, I guess. Pat in St. Louis. Pat, you're up next here on CBS Sports Radio. What's going on, Pat? Yeah, I want to stay on this LeBron James saga here for a second. Uh, you know, there's, there's always this about him, you know, joining the super team, but I tell you one thing that's not talked about much is 
what's happening now is I'm not that old school. I'm 53, but so I know I'm a little bit of a combination of today and yesterday. But what's getting out kind of scary in sports is if things aren't going well for you, how much do we value the contract that you signed? I'll say this about LeBron James. Now, you can't tell me some of those years he was so unhappy. That man stayed for every contract, and the worst thing he ever did was go on there and say, I'm going to take my, take my talents to South Beach. I mean, shame on him if that's the worst thing he's did in 18 years. But I, I think that he gets penalized too hard for this, quote, super team because what Kevin Durant is now doing again, come on, man, give me a break. I mean, let's be honest. Who's going to beat them in a seven-game series? I mean, so Durant's back to doing this again. I don't think it is the same, but what I, what, back to my first point, he honors his contract, and then he has the right to go and do and play where he wants, and that's what he's done. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no, no question. Look, super teams are a part of NBA history. Okay? I mean, there's always been super teams. Go back to Bill Russell's Celtics. You know, it, it's funny that Bill Russell and the Celtics, they're, they're so – far you know in the past that that most people don't have the proper context but what do you know of them what are they celebrated for winning so many championships how do you think they won so many championships they had most of the good players <laughs> you know you don't win uh, 11 championships <laughs> without having a little bit of the, the market cornered on good players you know back then there weren't as many teams in the league I think it was like eight and they expanded to 12 during that time and and there wasn't player movement, so they they had their roster and it was dominant. Um, and then you know the the Lakers had Elgin Baylor and Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain on the same team, and then the Lakers again later had Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and James Worthy on the same team, and then the the Celtics had Larry Bird and Kevin McHale. And and Robert Parrish and and on and on down the line on the same team. And then the Bulls had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and and Dennis Rodman on the same team. And the the, the Spurs had Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard on the same team. And obviously the Heat had LeBron and Wade and Bosh on the same team. And Shaq and Kobe, there wasn't a third player, but Shaq and Kobe were on the same team. And and. and so on and so forth, the Warriors to, to now with Brooklyn. So the, what, what changed, what LeBron did that changed that, he didn't create super teams uh, at all. You know, there are a couple of exceptions that proved the rule teams in the NBA, you know, where they won a championship without super teams. The, the Pistons in 04 come to mind. The Mavericks in 2011 come to mind. The, the Raptors a couple years ago come to mind. But every single dynasty – in the NBA, every single one was a super team, Jordan included, had a super team. Um, you know, so that's a, a part of NBA history forever. The difference is that LeBron was probably the first guy, because uh, uh, I, I, I neglected to mention the Celtics too, the, the, the later Celtics with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Rondo, another super team, right? And that, I think, was the, the team that led to LeBron leaving Cleveland because he was going up against that team by himself but what LeBron did was shift the way that the the super team came together instead of the super team being formed by the organization whether that was in the draft or or free agency or or combination of of, uh, trades you know all, all that stuff and put it in the players hands and he took the power he put that together he he and Wade and Bosch put that together 
and then even when he went to to Cleveland, you know, all right, he decided Kyrie's here. You know, the Kevin Love trade. Same thing Durant has done to an extent. You know, he saw he he went and joined what the Warriors did, but he's built his own thing now in Brooklyn. You can hate it if you want, but yeah, I don't think anybody's beaten them four times out of seven either. Um, so when when people talk about super teams and and when they started. They've been around the NBA history forever. I, I do think, you know, if you want to say LeBron had some role in the super team, uh, the, the, the role LeBron had in the super team was um, player-led super teams rather than team-led super teams. But does that matter? I guess that's always been one of the things that I found curious. Why does it matter how the super team comes together if the end result is still a super team? Quick question for you since we mentioned all these, these teams. Uh, I would mm-hmm. say no. Uh, your opinion with the Spurs a super team? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, well, because I well because well, it depends I, I on assume... how you define it. It depends on how you define it, right? If you're defining a super team as like one of these LeBron teams and then now KD teams that is put together by the players, no. Uh, if you're defining a super team by the level of talent, yes. Not in the beginning, but when they had Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Monte Ginobili, and Kawhi Leonard on the same team, so. I guess that depends on your definition because I no I don't think of them it doesn't scream super team to me because the Spurs built that as you know the way they did it they drafted those guys right that they put that together so no do I think San Antonio Spurs when I hear the term super team absolutely not but did the Spurs have a super team in the sense of talent yes they did yeah, yeah, if that okay. makes sense is that what you were looking for yeah I was just curious yeah but I mean, what do you think you would say no. Well, no, no, you're right. I mean, talent-wise, yeah. Okay, it just, it just didn't, they don't jump, yeah, like you were saying. When you say super team, they don't jump right to the fore, yeah, your head. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with way, the way things come together, too. And the Spurs are just were so low-key. Even those players, it's funny they fit the brand, right? Because Tim Duncan doesn't talk. Kawhi Leonard doesn't talk, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, Parker and Ginobili were a heck of players too, but so I mean that's four Hall of Famers right there. So, and and they may not have all been in their absolute prime at the same time, but they weren't all away from it, right? Like when when those four were playing together, Duncan was probably just on the outside of his prime. Same with Parker and Ginobili. Kawhi was coming into his prime, but they were still all in their prime-ish areas. You know, Duncan Duncan was fortunate because David Robinson got hurt the year before. And that's what allowed him to be drafted by the Spurs, or else he would have wound up on a much worse team. And, and he won early. That was not a super team, the Duncan and Robinson. But the later editions of the Spurs at least were, were super teams from a talent standpoint if they weren't super teams from a perception standpoint. And, and it is curious to me, like, why, you know, why is there such a delineation between whether it's put together by the players or whether it's put together by the organization? You know, um, as much as Jerry Krause gets got, you know, piled on after the the last dance, uh, you know, he did put together that super team for the Bulls. I mean, he did a good job with that. Two two different three peats. You had to shuffle the, the teams together. Obviously it's easier when you have Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan went and played baseball, he still won fifty five games. It was a good ass a good team. <laughs> Scott Scotty Pippen, great player, right? Uh and, and then when they added Rodman, that that's you know, Jordan Pippen Robin, three Hall of Famers right there. Boom. Super team. I mean, what what's the difference between Jordan Pippen Rodman and LeBron Wade and Bosch? Or even Durant Harden and Irving. 
the, the difference is how it came to be. That's it. The end result is the same. So how is it different than Magic, Kareem, and Worthy? Or Bird, McHale, and Parrish? Or, or Baylor, Chamberlain, and West? You know? It, 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 there's something about the players doing it that rubs people the wrong way for some reason or is just different than they're accustomed to uh, or people feel like the playing field is being um, artificially manipulated when the players do it more so than when the organizations do it. Why is that? 855-212-4227. But when you look at the NBA right now, you know, a lot of the players and teams that we're used to seeing in the NBA finals aren't going to be there. So I, I find it almost ironic that I've seen a lot of complaining that LeBron and the Warriors and, and other teams like that won't be in the finals following up all the complaining I've seen over the years about the NBA being too predictable. So, I mean, could it be a positive that we might be seeing, in a sense, a little bit of a changing of the guard in the National Basketball Association? 855-212-4227, at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. I'll get to that next. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 